All right, let's get this party started. Welcome to the Gridiron Stud Show Recruiting School Podcast, where I educate you on the game of recruiting. So for the next about 45 minutes to an hour, I'm going to educate and maybe entertain you about the issues in the world of college football recruiting, which is getting more and more interesting as we move on here. Before we jump into the show, a little bit of business on hand here. Go ahead and subscribe to this show. If this is your first time jumping on, go ahead and subscribe using whatever uh, platform you're using to stream this podcast on right now, whether that's Anchor or it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or many of the others which this broadcast is being carried on. I'd appreciate it if you'd subscribe right now so you don't miss the next edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. Don't want to miss those. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at Gridiron Studs. I've been known to say a couple of good things there. I may irritate you. I may agitate you. But um, I'm always worth the follow. So at Gridiron Studs there. It's the same at Gridiron Studs on Instagram and TikTok. Ton of information with regards to recruiting there in a little bit of smaller bites than something like this podcast. So if you need to get you know your information on the go, quick, fast, and in a hurry, the uh, Instagram and TikTok is like the fast food. It's like a grab-and-go version of uh, recruiting information and, um, and things of that like. And you can also follow me on YouTube, uh, youtube.com forward slash cwilson91, a little bit of longer form videos on making a highlight video that will sell your talent to the colleges as well as other recruiting uh, information advice and uh, things of that nature so youtube.com forward slash c wilson 91 and then finally if you're a high school football player potential college football prospect you absolutely must you must you must be on the gridiron studs app it is a, a pro a app that i have created that allows you to come on, create a profile, and put in all of the necessary information that college football coaches need to recruit you. And I have a ton of college football coaches using the app to find players all across the country. So if you're trying to be seen, that is a place for you to go. Both college football coaches and fans frequent it. And before you say, why do I need fans? Fans can put your name out there, okay? They're fanatical. So sometimes they may be irritating or things of that nature, but you know what? Fans love the game, they love good players, and if you're a good player, they want you to come to their school, and they will definitely get the college football coaches' staff attention if they've not um, gotten on you already. They can apply the pressure like no other entity in the game of college football. All right, so business out of the way. We've got a lot to get to today. The main topic, though, is uh, one of my recruiting laws, and that is about discipline. You must have discipline. You've got to have discipline. Discipline is a must, is the name of this recruiting law. So it's a a recruiting law show. And so I hope you guys tune in and get as much out of this as you can. I'm speaking from experience, both for myself, for my kids, as well as uh, many of the other guys that I've coached that have gone on to uh, get scholarships, whether that's division one, division two, etc. I'm also speaking for some of the guys who weren't able to get college football scholarships. And boy, did they have the talent They definitely had the talent. That was not the issue. It was this problem, discipline. And so I'm going to get into that as the main topic here today. So let's just jump into um, some of the things that are going on in college football and college football recruiting. Starting this off on a sad note, Wyoming uh, signee was shot and killed uh, over the weekend. You always hate to hear about things like this. This has happened before. Um, You know, it's certainly not the first time that, you know, a college football recruit has, you know, unfortunately lost his life 
prior to getting on campus. And, um, you know, you it's always tough when you hear that because, you know, a couple of months ago, it was the ju- most joyous time of his life, probably of his family's life. And then, you know, you go from that high, really, for an 18-year-old kid. You know, if you're not, you've just started living life. Um, so that's probably the highest moment of of this young man's life. And then it's uh, snuffed away just like that. And I'm talking about Tony Evans Jr. as a part of the 2021 um, signing class for Wyoming. Um, and what makes this even tougher is that, you know, for Wyoming head coach Craig Bull, he, he was on a, he was on a staff with, um, Evans's father, you know, um, they were on a coaching staff at Tulsa together. And, um, you know, here he is now years later being able to sign, um, his former coaching mate's son. I'm sure that just even added to the joy of the moment. Um, and there was much to look for and look ahead to. You know, apparently the kid was had a lot of promise. Didn't put up a bunch of numbers at his high school last year, but definitely had the size and the talent. And, you know, son of a coach, so that bodes well. And, you know, one night at a hotel. Don't know the details on that. I don't think those are out yet. And um, is a victim of a shooting. You know, two people shot in this uh, incident. Evans was taken to a hospital and uh, it was all over for him there. Now, you know, I'm not a big proponent of players going off to school early. You know, leaving after that football season is over. I'm not really big on that unless you're a quarterback. You know, and you need to get a head start on things. There's a lot of responsibility and things thrown at a quarterback. And if you have a chance to start as a freshman, um, then I say, yeah, you probably should go into school early. The only other time that I'm a proponent of a kid giving up that final semester of high school is in situations like this. Maybe I don't again, I'm I don't know the situation. But I'm just going to draw this conclusion. I don't even want to say conclusion because, again, I don't know this situation. I'm going to I'm going to draw inference to things that have happened in the past with when I've seen situations like this, and that is players in um, a tumultuous situation. Um, they probably have some bad influences around them, or they live in a tough neighborhood, or things of that nature. And you know what? You've done well enough to get this far not get yourself into any trouble or, you know, run into any major tragedies. You've secured a scholarship. And rather than having you sit around for that last semester with so many potential things that could happen in your neighborhood and around those influences, it's probably best for you to take off and go to college and enroll early. And I know there are a lot of um, college coaches that feel that way too. You know, they get to really know the player and the family and the area that they're in and a lot of the struggles that the player is going through, has gone through in his young life. And I'm sure many of them see that situation and they get a little concerned about that last semester that the player is going to have there where there's no spring football, everything's kind of done, uh, and, and they're kind of a free runner. And um, it could create problems. And that could perhaps be what happened here. Once again, I'm not sure. But 
I'm just thinking about things that have happened in the past, that's been the case. So I'm um, very sorry to hear about Tony Evans Jr. Um, you know, falling victim to gun violence. And um, it's just not going to be, be be a part of this Wyoming uh, recruiting class. And so that's very sad news to report here. Heart goes out to the family. Uh, moving on, Eddie George um, is your new head coach at Tennessee State. Perhaps Tennessee State motivated by what Jackson State did, and that is hire a big-name head coach in Deion Sanders, who has found the the going tough in the last few games. He started off gangbusters. I want to say he started off 2-1 and one or 3-0, and oh, and they, uh, Jackson State now sits at 3-3. Three and three. Things have gotten tougher. They're playing, you know, tougher opponents now. And so um, it's gotten a little tougher for him. But Dion, from all intents and purposes and from what I've seen, and if you, you know, follow Dion Sanders in his career, you know that he's not one to fold. He's uh, very much up for the challenge, it seems like. And um, he's accepted the challenge of the fact that things just weren't going to be easy. I'm sure he didn't think they would be. Uh, I'm sure he knew that, you know, wasn't taking over the top program in HBCU football, and he wasn't going to wave a wand and things were going to turn overnight. So he's been able to uh, accept the challenge. And so I feel Eddie George is going to be running into that same thing. Now, Eddie George, I don't think, has as much coaching experience, if any, uh, that Deion Sanders has. So it's going to be an even tougher road for him. Um, I'm hoping this is not some kind of publicity ploy. Last I saw Eddie George was two years ago at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. actually had a chance to meet Eddie George, talk to him. Great guy. If uh, anyone knows Eddie George, followed Eddie George. Um, he is in person what it is you saw on television. Great guy. He was acting at the time. And I believe is married to a former uh, member of a R&B group, SWV. Life seems to be going well. I was acting. Next thing I hear, he's head coach at Tennessee State. So, Kind of quick run up the ladder. Hope he hires well. Hope things go well there. I like what's happening with HBCU football. I like the attention it's getting. I like the fact that it's on ESPN. And as someone, when I was growing up, you would get uh, some top NFL players out of HBCU football. And HBCU football would be televised uh, from time to time. It seemed to have disappeared from the landscape, by and large, as we moved into a social media and streaming era. And it's nice to see it back in the fold on ESPN, of course, the fact that you're playing in the spring and not having to run up against, you know, the Power Five schools um, does help. So if there's a positive about a pandemic and that the seasons for some of these schools have been moved to the spring, this is one of them. And so there's some attention being thrown HBCU's way. And um, here's a here's another piece of that attention. Eddie George hired at Tennessee State. Let's see what he's able to do there. Again, love the attention for the HBCUs. All right, talking strictly recruiting news. The NCAA dead period is set to end June 1st. That is what is fully expected as the NCAA Council meets um, this week. It is fully expected that they will lift that dead period, whether it turns into a quiet period or a full removal of uh, any restrictions. Remains to be seen, but... Either way, if they go to a quiet period, it still means that you can have on-campus um, camps, which is huge.
for you guys that are out there in the class of 2022 and 23 and beyond. That's big for you guys, as well as you will be able to host recruits. And, you know, many of these schools are so confident that this is going to happen that they've already started booking. Um, they've already started scheduling visits for each week in June. I know the University of Florida has already done that. I think they're booked up for uh, all of their uh, weekends in June. So they're going to be hosting recruits during June. They're not the only ones. Other schools have done the same. So when you see that, someone has some good intel that the dead period is going to be lifted, and it's time to do that. Vaccines are out. Um, Our cases are dropping, obviously not fast enough. But people feel a little safer now in this environment where you can have the kids on campus and, you know, you follow the protocols and hopefully nothing um, bad happens there. So uh, good news there for you guys in the class of 2022. You've had it the roughest. Um, It's been very tough for you guys out there. You're not uh, being able to be fully evaluated and you're not, you know, able to fully evaluate a school. You haven't been able to get on campus, especially you guys who have Um, solid offers and you'd like to go see the campuses so that you can decide because you know you do have to see yourself living in those cities you know that's a part of it you don't want to wake up every day and just not be happy about the town that you're living in it's you know going to affect everything else your schoolwork, the way you play practice your relationships everything else so um, that's good news for the class of 2022 so um, again it's expected that that will be lifted Just as an FYI, the NCAA Council is a 40-member body, um, and it has representatives from all 32 Division I conferences. Of course, the voting is weighted towards the 10 FBS conferences and then, you know, the Power Five conferences. But the Power Five does not have a controlling vote. They only make up 37.5% of the vote. So if you left it to the Power Five, Um, we would know absolutely positively for sure that this dead period would be lifted. I'm sure you guys know that, right? But it's not, as I said, entirely up to the Power Five because they have less than a 40% controlling vote. The Division I, though, does have 56% of the vote. So all of those guys in Division I are in agreement that it's time to end the uh, dead period, then that's what will happen. And from what I'm hearing, that is exactly what the feeling is. So... Uh, Also on the table for the NCAA Council in their meetings this week is that one-time transfer rule. I know you guys have been hearing about it. Um, I would love to know how you fans and uh, you parents and you recruits feel about that one-time transfer rule. Um, What it does allow is for a player once in his five years of eligibility to be able to transfer to another school without having to sit out a year. And that's, you know, it's been called the... um, year in residence rule that's been on the book since 1964 it's a long time for that rule Um, but it has been on the book since 1964 and really basically it boiled down to if a player decided to transfer he's got to sit out a year um, when he makes that transfer so they're looking to you know remove that restriction as one time you just can't go bouncing around two and three times one time and then there's some caveats to that You must be in good academic standing, and you had to have not faced any conduct issues. That's a major player in this thing. So a lot of times guys transfer because there has been a conduct issue. And now for a guy going in the portal, the guys who have not had a conduct issue become more valuable. Because I've got to tell you that not having to sit out a year thing is huge. It's big in the game. That's a big part of 
choosing whether or not you will bring a guy on to your roster. So if there's two guys there kind of close in talent and a coach is trying to, you know, close a hole in his roster, obviously if you're going in a transfer portal, you're trying to fill a hole in your roster, which means you need that right now. You're not trying to wait around for a year to fill this hole because you're going to go play a season and that hole is going to exist. And so if there are guys in there and he's eligible right away because he hasn't had any conduct issue and his academics are in good standing, well, then he has more value than the next guy. That's just uh, common sense. Another part to this thing is if you play a fall sport like football, which is what we're talking about here, you've got to notify the coach by July 1st. You guys in high school, you know, don't need to worry so much about that. It's good to be informed on it, but we're gonna I'm gonna go on the assumption that when you choose your college, you're that's the school you're gonna stay at. Cause I'm telling you, all this transfer portal stuff sounds easy. It sounds cool. I just tell them they put me in the portal. I'm in I'm on a list and the coach can just pull me out of there. I'm here to tell you it's just not that smooth. Fifteen hundred people are in that portal. Fifteen hundred football players are in that portal. Coaches have got a lot to choose from there. And it's a buyer's market, not the seller. And the seller in the transfer portal are those players. The buyers are the schools. And it's a buyer's market because they've got a ton of options. So just getting upset and you don't like what's going on at the school and you don't want to stick it out, I'll just jump in the transfer portal or I'll halfway make a decision on what school I want to choose coming out of high school. And if it doesn't work out, I'll just jump in the transfer portal. 1,500 guys in there. When you got 1,500 guys in there, guess what? They're going to be some very talented guys. Guys more talented than you. So the fact that this transfer portal thing on paper seems easy does not divorce you from making a good decision on the school you're going to choose out of high school. Pretend that transfer portal is not an option for you. Make a good decision. Do your due diligence. Do your research. Take your time and make the right choice. And it's probably best to choose with your heart more than it is, you know, with your head, I should say, more than your heart. Emotional decisions when it comes to stuff like this rarely work out in the end. And when you jump in there and talk about, you know, a, a coach is the reason that you're going, guess what? Coaches leave. They do it a lot nowadays. They pick up and leave. And defensive back coaches are the main ones that do that. I don't know why that is. But they're the main ones that hop and get out of there. So if you're a defensive back out there and you're thinking, no, I'm going to latch on to this coach, guess what? The chances of you having your defensive back coach for your entire three, four, five-year career at your top college is probably super, super small. So don't make an emotional decision. Make a decision with your head through research. Do all that. For you guys that don't like to read, don't like to look up stuff, don't like to do any kind of research, it makes you nauseous, you better get over that quick. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. Because you don't want to play that transfer portal business unless you absolutely, positively have to. And one of these shows coming up down the road, I'll tell you guys exactly some of the reasons. I think that I probably need to do that pretty soon. Might be the next show. Keep that in mind. I'm going to give you guys the reasons why you would go in a transfer portal. And there's not a ton of them. 
Some of you guys think there's uh, infinite reasons why you would jump in here. Coach looked at you wrong. Coach cussed you out. Coach grabbed you by your face mask. Coach didn't play you. Uh, Coach slid you down on the depth chart. Coach put a freshman in front of you. Yeah, you guys think those are all reasons to leave. Probably not. So that's a show topic to coming uh, coming up. More to come here. Uh, again, the main topic is going to be recruiting law discipline is a must. So that's coming up here real soon. I found this story and I thought it was really, really great and it should be inspirational to some of you and to others, uh, others of you out there. It should slap you in the face and wake you up. And that is the story about Leslie Adinu, who's out in Fort Worth, Texas, at Arlington High School. I mean, uh, at a, at, um, he's out in Fort Worth, Texas. Now, let me just tell you about this kid, because I found this story very, very interesting. And it's just a testament to uh, what you guys might be up against out there. You know, a lot of you guys don't really understand the competition that's out there, what you guys are up against, and sometimes it's good to get, you know, stories like this out there. But Leslie Adino, who played at Arlington Heights High School, which is in Fort Worth, Texas, came in from Nigeria. He was in Nigeria and came to Fort Worth, Texas in 2019. Um, and as you can imagine, you're coming from Nigeria, you're completely green about American football. All the kid really knew was about soccer. So much so that he went out for soccer um, when he got to Fort Worth and got to Arlington Heights High School. Went out for soccer. Now, um, as you know, in soccer, they're handing out yellow cards and red cards. Kid's a pretty big kid. And he's moving around like big kids do. And he tends to run into guys. And uh, listen, you've watched soccer. A big guy runs into a guy who's not so big. You, you'll, they act like they've been hit with a brick. They act like they've been shot in the stands. So um, he was getting hit with a lot of yellow and red cars. Just not the sport for him. However, walking around on campus, 6'4", 285 pounds, you guys know what happened. Hard to miss. You know who doesn't miss a guy 6'4", 285 pounds? The high school football coach. I mean, think of every funny meme, video, or, you know, words you've heard about the high school football coach stalking a big player in the hallway. That happened here in this case. So the football coaches at, uh, you know, Arlington Heights High School saw this 6'4", 285-pound guy walking around through the hallway, and uh, they just wouldn't leave him alone. So he goes out for American football. All he knows is what he saw in movies. And, of course, not very skilled um, in the game of football. But before that, here is the big part of this story. Uh, Adinu came to Fort Worth, Texas with his father from Nigeria. Apparently, they had um, a pretty big falling out. The father decided to pack up and go to New Orleans, leaving... Leslie in Texas. How you like them apples? Leaves the kid in Texas, goes to New Orleans, and Adino's there at uh, Arlington Heights High School, 
and he is now effectively homeless. Now, coaches realizing the dire situation that um, Adino found himself in um, went to work and they found a shelter that he was able to stay at. For him to stay at that shelter, though, he had to work at that shelter. You know when the shifts for him were? 3.45 a.m. to 7.30 a.m. So if you guys who, you know, are complaining about having to get up at 6 a.m. for a workout or get up and run at 5.30, 6 a.m. in the morning, try that on for size. You're getting up at that hour to go work on football, something you're, you know, you love. This young man had to get up and work a shift from 3.45 to 7.30 a.m. at the homeless shelter just so he could stay there. And you know what? He said, hey, I'm from Nigeria. It's pretty tough living in Nigeria. So um, it was a bit of an adjustment, but nothing out of this world. He got up, did it. Fortunately for him, the folks at the shelter were um, cool enough to kind of work around his schedule. And um, he was able to get out there and play football. Now, again, as I told you, new to the sport. I don't care how big you are. He just was not very skilled, didn't have the knowledge, the know-how, the IQ. So he spent his junior year playing JV football. I did that in high school. Made it all the way to the University of Miami, by the way. So don't get too shocked by a guy playing JV football in his junior year. Sometimes stuff happens. But anyway, practiced um, with the JV team as a junior. Learned the game. He improved his play. Then he was set to play varsity his senior year, but then he ran into um, a couple of roadblocks. One was the roadblock we all ran into, and that was COVID-19 hit. And that took down the season. Second was, when they did attempt to come back and play a season, Adino was too old. According to the NIL, which is the governing body for athletics in the state of Texas, you cannot turn 19 before September in that going into that senior year. Unfortunately for Adino, he turned 19 in August. So no senior year of football for him. So you would think, okay, argument. First of all, you come to Nigeria. You don't know much about the game. You get in an argument with your father who leaves and goes to New Orleans. And now you're homeless. You spend your junior year playing JV football, which is not ideal if you're trying to get you know, a football scholarship or anything and you're trying to play college football. Then on top of that, COVID-19 knocks out your high school, your senior year, it seems like, leaves it in limbo. Then when you are able to have that senior year, you're now being told by the governing body that you cannot play because you turned 19 too early. There was an attempt by Arlington Heights to appeal because they do take some appeals, which they may have won. However, he was in Nigeria during the pandemic, so um, it kind of hampered the process for him, and it was denied. No senior year. Despite all of what I just laid out for you, Adina was able to secure a scholarship. Now, he did have JV film. He had film of himself in practice. And you know what? That was enough for Southwest Baptist, a Division II school, to offer him a scholarship. Now, okay, I hear what you guys are saying. Yes, he's 6'4", 285 pounds, probably heavier because from what I understand, he picked up some weight um, during the pandemic, as many of us did. So 6'4", big, yeah, you know, kind of easier for him to get a scholarship. True as that may be, 
Um, you're still talking about a guy who didn't know anything at all about the sport two years ago. But through film, and I have stressed this to you guys either on my podcast or through the many various platforms, um, social media from which I work from. I also have a blog too. I don't know if you guys, if I mention that to you, so if you're new to this whole thing with me, Gridiron Studs, all that, you've got to go to the blog, gridironstuds.com forward slash blog. So many articles, 10 years worth of articles there that uh, to help you out with um, you know, all of your college football recruiting. I mean, there's a ton of stuff there. Matter of fact, out of all the things that I have, the most information is available on my blog because that's been going for 10 years now. Everything else has been less than that. Anyway. Um, the young man learned football from YouTube um, and due to his size and the what is possible with someone six foot four uh, approaching 300 pounds. What is possible? And that's what I tell you guys about college football recruiting. It's about what's possible. And college football coaches can't teach that kind of size. So they figure they will put their coaching powers to use and on a guy that size it will turn him into a football player probably very similar to what the high school football coaches when they stopped him in the hallway and um asked him multiple times to come play football for them size is king i'm here to tell you that but what i am trying to point out is that film 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 gotta have film and so film won the day out for him because on top of seeing that he was 6'4", you know, almost 300-something pounds, 285, but I think he's closer to 300 pounds, um, there was some skill there. Now, mind you, this young man grew up playing soccer. And I'm here to tell you, soccer will give you some very good skills that you can use on a football field. You get tremendous feet. So if you grew up as a young man playing soccer and you have tremendous feet and you grow into 6'4", 285 pounds and you still have pretty good feet, you become a specimen. You become... You become a prospect. You become something a college football coach is going to feel excited about. There goes that playing other sports thing that I've been talking about. So, yes, on top of the moral of the story here being having film, the other moral of the story here is that um, you have guys out there that have tremendous perseverance. They're willing to do almost anything. So this young man got up and worked the shift from 3.45 to 7.30 and didn't come to school and say he was too tired, went to practices, did all of that stuff. Now, on top of that, homework so he could stay in good academic standing and all of that and pursued uh, the opportunity to get a scholarship. That's what you guys out there are up against. Maybe you don't have someone that's homeless in your school, so you don't realize that that's a thing. Just need you guys to understand that there is a tremendous amount of competition that exists outside of your school, outside of your county, outside of your state, all over the country. If you're trying to go to these top schools, they're recruiting the entire country. So you don't know what a guy in another state somewhere else across the country is willing to do to get that spot that you're going for. So whatever it is you think you're doing, do more, do it harder, do it faster, be more focused, be more determined. Because... There's guys out there that are homeless that need this, that must have it, that will go to the edge of you know where to try and get it. Great story about Leslie Adino from Nigeria. Going to have to follow that. Would be quite interesting if he turned up 
um, on NFL draft boards four years from now as he learns the game. And he's a six foot four, probably 300 pound defensive end, defensive tackle with good feet, a good get off, and he can get in the backfield and wreck things. Not to sound like Mel Kuyper or anything like that. But um, that's a great story, and it's uh, one that you should. Be informed and entertained by, but also if you're a high school football prospect, like I said, wake up. You got guys out there that are willing to do anything. And um, they may just take that spot at that school you want to go to. Or maybe at the only school that will take you on. So, you thought about skipping that workout? You thought about not going to run? There's a guy clear across town or clear across the country that's willing to do that and more. So you don't want to come up short on signing day because you thought you could relax because, you know, around in your area, um, you're the best guy in your area. Well, you know what? Texas isn't just recruiting in your area. Ohio State isn't just recruiting in your area. Miami, Florida, you know, they're not just recruiting in your area. USC, Michigan, they're not just recruiting in your area. They're recruiting the entire country. So you never know what another guy is willing to do. I just want to touch on this real quick before we get into our main topic, which is, again, uh, one of the recruiting laws, discipline being a must. Guys got to have discipline if you're going to you know, get college football offers. If you're going to play college football, if you're going to be successful at college football, you're going to need to um, have some discipline. It's our main topic coming up. But I want to touch on the topic of fake offers. It's a big thing down here in Florida. I don't know how it is around the rest of the country. But I, I think it is in Los Angeles as well. Another place I'm in tune to. But I don't know about the rest of the country. It's a thing, though. Every spring... You know, when the colleges can go out and go around to these schools, um, Twitter has been a place where guys will go and announce when they receive offers. And if you're in a competitive area where, um, you know, high school football is a big thing and you're in somewhat of a recruiting hotbed, um, here's what happens. You can tell me or you can think about whether or not this happens in your area. This rival school across town um, has several players and they will get on Twitter after a college coach comes by and start tweeting out about their offers. You know it, a notes app, or they post a picture of a player from the school and say, blessed to have received an offer from Syracuse, etc., etc., whatever. Once that happens, this other school across town where maybe, you know, the college coach visited or didn't visit, starts looking at the players, tweeting that out, and the players at that school say, I'm better than that guy. What's he doing getting an offer from this school? What, what, what about me? And then they tell the parents, and the parents are up in arms because the parents want to make sure their kid gets a scholarship offer. They want their kid to go play college football. That is a big ambition for them. A lot of times it's a bigger ambition for the parents than it is the actual high school football player. I'm not here to tell you, some high school football players just want to play high school football and be done with it. Not the parents, though. They'll be more gassed up for the kid to play 
college football than the player himself. They're more gassed up for that kid to get up at 5.30 in the morning and go to workouts and then go to meetings and then go to class and then come back and have more meetings and then get a lift in and then go practice and then have post-practice meetings and then go to the tutor. They're more gassed up for the kid to do that than the kid is. But that's a whole other story for another time. But anyway, the parents, being highly motivated, start calling their coach from their high school, their kid's high school football team, and start questioning about where the offers are. Where's the offers for little Johnny? Because we saw Timmy across town who, uh, you know, doesn't play that well. And little Johnny just had his way with him at the most recent Nike camp. Why does Timmy have an offer from Texas A&M and, and, and little Johnny doesn't? And then this goes on and on and on. And it just happens over and over and over throughout a spring period. You know, if there's one thing that's been a positive for some of these high school football coaches is they haven't had to deal with that too much, um, you know, this offseason because college coaches, like I said, have not been able to visit campus. Nevertheless, whatever um, headache that alleviates for them, you know, it does make it harder for them to get all their kids off to school, which is a headache. But uh, just making a little light of it there. But nevertheless, there are, you know, everyone's up in arms about the offers given out to some of the players across town. And true, you know, some of the kids may be on JV. But as I just explained to you in this story about Leslie Adino, you know, in some cases that doesn't matter. Maybe it is a six foot four, 285 pound player on JV who is at a really good school and he's not actually better than the players that are on the high school varsity football team right now, but he definitely shows some promise. And in a rush to be first, some of these colleges will offer that kid and just assume that in the next year or two, his skill level will reach that point where he is indeed worthy of that offer. But at the time that that offer is given out, he can't actually commit to it. Sometimes offers are given out to a player in an effort to get another player. We know that happens. And if you didn't know that and you're new to this, I'm here to tell you it happens. Let's say there is a six foot four, highly skilled, 285 pound player at the school that's being pursued by several other schools. And um, the college coach comes in there and they want to have a chance to recruit that player. And the high school football coach says, hey, I'll let you talk to the guy. But I've got this kid over here that needs offers to go to school. Why don't you throw him out an offer just to get things rolling for him? You go ahead and offer my guy right here and I'll go ahead and get Big John out of class and you can talk to him. Sound like a plan, coach? What's that college coach going to say? His head coach told him in a meeting, we need Big John at our school. Do what you got to do. You know, show me your recruiting chops. I'm sending you down to Florida. It's a hotbed. You want to continue to be able to recruit down in Florida. We need to get Big John to our school. So when you arrive on Big John's campus and the high school football coach tells you, hey, Billy Bob over here doesn't have anything going yet. Yeah, I know. He's a 5'9", 175-pound player that runs a 4'7". But he's got skills. He catches a lot of footballs. I'm not throwing you a meatball here. He's been a very good high school football player. Yeah, coach, I know, man, probably doesn't fit into your system over there. Probably not exactly the kind of player that you would recruit. But you know what? Big John's the kind of guy you're going to recruit. You'd like to talk to him, wouldn't you? Well, I tell you what. 
throw Billy Bob this offer right now. Of course, we know he can't. Uh, you know, I understand. He's not your kind of guy, but do me that solid, Coach. I'll go get Big John out of his math class, and you can talk to him and tell him all about your great school. Of course, college coach says, you know what, Coach? Really need to talk to Big John, man, but uh, make sure you let Billy Bob know that this is not a committable offer, Coach. I'm just going to let you know. This is like a publicity thing because you know, I do need to talk to Big John. I think we know what's going on here, Coach. Need to talk to Big John, so I'm going to help you out, Coach, but make sure Billy Bob knows he can't be committing on the spot because – we're going to run into an awkward situation where I'm not going to be able to take that commitment. I was sent down here to get Big John secured and tied up, not to get a secure commitment from Billy Bob, the five foot nine hundred seventy-five four-seven wide receiver. You're going to put my job on the line. Do we understand that, head coach? Head coach, yep. Yeah. Hey, I get it. I'll smooth things over with Billy Bob, but I appreciate it, coach. And now Billy Bob has an offer. Billy Bob goes and tweets that offer out with the prayer hands and everything else. And uh, little Johnny across town at the other school sees it and wants to know what the hell's going on. How'd he get that offer? I'm 10 times better than him, etc., etc., etc. Listen, fellas, parents, not every offer that you see tweeted out, put on social media, etc., etc., is... An actual offer. It is a quote-unquote fake offer for lack of another term. Now, by fake, I'm not saying it is just a totally non-existent offer. It's an offer, but not an offer. You kid can't commit to it. it. A favor was done. That's an example. Another one is what I told you. Kid shows some promise. He could potentially play at our school. I'm interested. I don't want to be the 50th team in line or the 25th team in line. So, um, you know what? I'm going to be early in offering this kid, but it's a wait and see thing. You have potential. I can't take your commitment right now. I do need to see you at camp in person. So others on the team, perhaps the guy that would actually coach you um, can evaluate you. Or we just need to see another year of you on varsity. Maybe it's two years if you're a freshman. And I need to see a couple more years of you in varsity just to make sure that you progress the way we hope and need for you to be a guy that we will take in a recruiting um, class. That's a quote-unquote fake offer. People may want to take a dump on it, whatever the case may be. However, he's going to go tweet that out, and he does technically have an offer from Oklahoma, let's say. Or Oregon. But can he pick up the phone and get that position coach on the phone? Or can he pick up the phone and call the head coach and say he wants to commit and the head coach is going to pop open a you know bottle of champagne? No, he can't. That's a non-committable offer. And uh, the street name for that is a fake offer. These things happen. They exist. It's, it's happening more and more. So for you parents that are not New to this situation, you can't go nuts about every offer you see a kid across town tweet out or the kid you wrecked and destroyed at camp. You can't go getting your head all bent out of shape over that. Not all these offers are committable. More and more, a majority of them are not. 
I'm here to tell you that's gotten even worse through this pandemic thing. Coaches have been forced to throw out offers on kids sight unseen just to be ready for the time when the dead period gets lifted. And as I told you early on in the show, it's June 1st. They have to position themselves. Now, some of these kids they've offered, they're going to get to see in person. They're going to go to the camp. They're going to visit campus. And they're going to be like, nah, I don't know about this one. They'll stop calling, stop communicating, and that'll be the end of that. Offer wasn't that tight. These are real things that happen in the game of recruiting, okay? So before you go getting all going all nuts, um, some of these, a lot of these offers, let me not say some, a lot of these offers aren't necessarily something that you could pull out later and use as currency. All right? So enough on that. Let's get to the main topic here. And... Um, it's when you focus now on you, because I just told you the whole story about worrying about the guy across town. The best thing for you to do is just worry about yourself and what you're doing and what you are actually doing to secure a scholarship, not what someone else is doing, what someone else has. It's not the way to go. You know that if you were in a battle for a position on your actual football team, you aren't going to go far if you spend a whole bunch of time worrying about what your competition is doing. You know you would need to focus more on what it is you're doing. It's the same in a recruiting game. Focus on what you're actually doing. Cares about little Johnny or Timmy across town and his scholarship. You spend all that time worrying about that and you don't go lift the weights and you don't go run and you don't go watch film and you don't improve yourself. Guess what? His fake offer is going to die on him, and you won't even have an offer to commit to. You won't even have it. So both of y'all are going to stay home. Both of y'all are working at Chipotle after your senior year of football is done. So my main topic here is something for you to focus in on for yourself so that you can put yourself in position to earn an offer that is committable, and that will turn into you putting pen to paper and running something through the fax machine on one of the two signing days your senior year, and that is you've got to have discipline. Discipline is a must. Recruiting law. Discipline is a must. Now, if you've heard me talk about recruiting or you know, you've read an article on my blog about college football recruiting, then you've likely heard me talk about how competitive it is. I've talked about it in this particular podcast. When something's competitive, the basic understanding is that only the strong will succeed and survive. We can all agree on that, correct? Now, one of the hardest things for young college football prospects to understand is just how competitive the game of recruiting is. Many feel that since they're the best at their school or, you know, in their district or their city, like I talked about earlier, that they're automatically a prime prospect for these schools. Depending on where you are, this is not going to necessarily be the case. If you're down in Florida or Texas, California, Ohio, Georgia, something like that, you might be right. Maybe. College football recruiting, though, since the advent of the Internet um, and social media and the, ex the acceleration of social media, it's become a nationwide operation for every college football team, not just the big boys. There was a time when there was only a handful of schools like Oklahoma, USC, Miami, you know, the three, the big three schools in Florida. 
Ohio State, Michigan, those schools, of a handful of schools, the schools that populated the top 10 of the rankings every year, those were the ones that could go nationwide. Everyone else just didn't have a budget for it. But when, you know, you're able to sit at home now, everyone can do this. Now, scouring around for prospects begins at the fingertips of a keyboard. Schools can look up information on thousands of prospects on websites and apps like the Gridiron Studs app and locate players in every corner of the country. That means that when it comes to getting a scholarship, it's you versus everyone else playing ball in all 50 states and then some. There are a million plus players that play high school football every year. Let's figure a quarter of them are seniors. About 250,000 kids looking for a scholarship. So what's all this competition mean? It means that for you to get your hands on the limited number of scholarships, you must be willing to do things that many others are not willing to do, like work a shift at a homeless shelter from 345 to 730 in the morning. You remember that story, right? That's the heart of what the word discipline truly means. Not everyone wants to do all the running it takes to be in proper shape and have the amount of speed that's required to become a legitimate college football prospect. Not everybody wants to do that. Not everyone wants to do all the weightlifting that it takes to become a guy that college coaches will think that can help their program in games. Not everyone wants to give up a night of you know call of duty to study for entrance exams like the SAT and ACT. Few guys think it wise to get off of social media and study more films so that they can make more plays on game day. To do all those things that are required to become a legitimate college football prospect, you are required to have discipline. When it comes to discipline, there are three groups. Those who have it, congratulations. There are those that think they have it but don't really. And then there's those who flat out just don't have it. Here's what I've keenly observed over the years about disciplined people. Very simply, disciplined people in sports or in business or in anything else that is foremost in their lives are also well-disciplined in almost everything else in their lives. So disciplined businessmen are typically very disciplined in how they conduct their personal lives and approach their health, as well as many other things they engage in. Disciplined athletes on game day are usually very disciplined at practice and in the weight room and how they eat. So how do you become more disciplined in these key areas of recruiting? You start by being disciplined with all the little things. Practice being disciplined and all of the other things that you do. The best place to start is with your education. You may not be the smartest guy in the school or in your class, but you can achieve some of the same grades as others by being disciplined. That means do your homework, turn in your assignments, and study for tests. Make it a habit and turn that into a lifestyle. We know all the excuses like the work is too boring, I don't have time, or it's too hard. You know, what else is hard? You know what else is hard? Gassers, but somehow you do them. Try being disciplined on cleaning up your room. That's something simple. Try being disciplined on when and how you eat and how much time you spend on social media. Once you've conquered those things, being disciplined will easily bleed over into your athletic life. Soon you'll find it easier to do the running and the weightlifting. You'll find it easy to skip a party when you know you have to get up early for a track meet or camp the next day. You'll find it much easier to watch extra film of an opponent so that you can make those one or two extra plays that you need in the game that the other guy at your, uh, that your favorite school is recruiting is not able to make. That's how you get the edge. You got to make discipline a lifestyle. 
It'll all add up and soon it will result in you tallying up offers from colleges looking for an athlete that they can get that can really just get the job done. Success avoids the undisciplined athlete like a shifty punt returner. If you want to have a smile on your face, come December or February of your senior year, start wearing discipline like a tattoo on your chest. And I hope you guys take that to heart. And if you're a parent listening for your your prospect, you know what would show discipline? If they listen to this podcast themselves, that would be a show of discipline. But falling short of that, you've got a youngster in your home, 8th grader, ninth grader, something like that. Impress this message upon them because I'm here to tell you it is the truth. These are facts. Get them to be disciplined at a, you know, all these other things and it will be easy for them to be disciplined at the thing they love, which hopefully is football. Hopefully they love it more than you do if you're a parent listening. If you're the prospect listening, I'm going to assume you're listening because you love football and you want to play it at the next level. And um, if you start by being disciplined at all these other things that I talked about, your education, your cleanliness and uh, cleaning your room or just little small things like that, it'll be easy to be disciplined with things that, you know, have to do with football. It'll be automatic. And when you're disciplined in this game, the game rewards those who are disciplined. Just think about it within a game. A defensive end that's disciplined, that doesn't go and chase the play off tackle, that doesn't get caught on a reverse when he's the backside end, if we're talking football now, or the cornerback who's disciplined enough to stay in his deep third and not you know, jump a route he's not supposed to, that a linebacker has in the flat and give up a deep ball, or the quarterback who's disciplined enough to make his reads and throw to the area, not make up his mind beforehand where he's going to throw the ball. Those guys make plays in a game, right? They make big plays. They tend to come through. It's going to be the same thing in recruiting. The same discipline you need to effectively do your job every Friday night when you go out and play is the same discipline you're going to need in the recruiting game for you to score a touchdown in recruiting. Same discipline. So if you're helter-skelter on a bunch of other things, you don't magically now just become disciplined in the game of football. Because as I've said, on, on virtually every successful person that I've observed, they are disciplined in most things in their life. And so the thing that they're great at, that comes easy to them, that they're passionate about, it becomes very easy for them to be disciplined about it. You just typically don't have a helter-skelter life and um, you lack discipline everywhere else, but in this one thing, you have discipline. Nah. It shows up. It shows up on the field. It shows up um, on game day. It'll show up at where you least want it, and you'll be disappointed. So um, take the message that I'm giving to you here and um, take it to heart and start doing it today. Act on that today. Get more discipline in everything else today and watch how it jumps into your football life and how you 
are the one getting the real offers, not the fake offers, not the um, yeah, help me out coach offer, not the we like you, but we need to see more of you offer. You start getting real offers that if you say, I want to come to your school right now, they start clapping and popping champagne bottles and they take your commitment and then they do all everything in the world to try and keep you as a part of their class as everyone else comes around running to try and recruit you, okay? All right. So I'm going to get off of my soapbox now. I think I've hammered that point home. All right, I appreciate all of you guys listening to this show today. A very important one. Hey, listen, do me a favor. Share this one. If you like the message that I put across here, the best thing you can do is share it. If you're on Facebook, share it to your wall, parents. I know it's not the only... It's the older, it's the parents now that are on Facebook. Go ahead and share it to your wall on Facebook. I'd appreciate it if you're a youngster listening to this. Drop it on Twitter or, you know, you guys know how to share this thing on Instagram. Share it on Instagram. Get it out there. Get, you know, have some, have, have your friends listen to this. You don't want to enjoy success by yourself. You want you and all your other homies to be on stage with you. All of you guys eat on signing day. So go ahead and share this. And then again, once again, Um, I want you guys to subscribe to this channel because I'm going to have a subscribe to this podcast. I'm going to be dropping more um, great content like this to come. So um, I would appreciate if you guys would subscribe. And then finally, again, join the Gridiron Studs app. Go to the go to the app store. Go to the Google Play Store. Search Gridiron Studs. Download the app right now. Create a profile. And um, let's start getting the college football coaches to look at you. All right. Thank you all for once again for listening, and until next time, good iron studs, BC.